Like there yeah. wasn't a lot of drama. We didn't see anybody getting upset. And I think even if you couldn't get on the ride, I think that you got to go in there and you enjoyed it because I mean, it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's a good time to segue to the art. The reason we're having this discussion right now is you and I were talking this morning about something completely random. And I asked about how you felt as an artist and someone with a background about how they did, because, you know, you and I walk in and we might have a very different perspective of what they've done. So tell me about how you see things that might be different from how we see things. Well, the first, you know, the first time I was in there for the passholder preview is that four hour window. It's go, go, go. I didn't have time to like kind of stop and take the whole land in. So um, when Matt and I were kind of deciding, Matt's my husband, um, when we were deciding whether or not we come down for the grand opening, I said, you know, I really like, I want you to be there because you're this huge Star Wars fan, but I, I would like to be there because I didn't have any time to enjoy it. Like I didn't have any time to like take the land in and kind of be there. When we were walking in, I was like, oh, thank God I dodged that line. What hit me immediately was the lighting. Lighting design for themed entertainment, it's like the icing on the cake. Like everybody else works their butt off to get everything else right. And then the lighting designers come in and just make it shine, literally. So Sorry, I can't no say though that at night I can appreciate what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous. It was, it was so pretty. I was like, oh, my God. Um, and, you know, and I tried to snag some pictures, but pictures just don't do it justice. I think no. it's it's really outstanding. So the lighting designers just, they had my heart. And I'm not even, like, studying lighting design. It's just one of those things that I noticed right off the bat. Um, another thing that was really kind of amazing were the, the character plaster. It, um, I don't want to get too technical with the naming conventions in, you know, in the industry, but it's the people who, who make plaster and concrete look like rock. Yeah. Um, and make concrete look like wood, you know, the, those mm -hmm. guys. So they, Oh my gosh, when you walk in to the tunnel, doesn't it look like you're walking through like this giant mountain that's been there for several thousand years. It does. And they just kind of cut a pathway through for you. I have to agree. I thought the lighting at night was extraordinary. And you're right. I think that the my pictures don't do it any justice. And granted, I'm not a great photographer, but it was really hard to convey how gorgeous it is. And I love how they chose blue. Do you know why they chose blue instead of some other color? I mean, like it, it's such a big contrast from during the day when it's just basically tan to blue at night. I think that's actually why they did choose blue because um, in the daytime you have that warm, um, the warm beiges and kind of reddish colors of the rock work. And you have, you know, this, the Florida sun is always going to be, you know, this warming. If, if it's not visibly warming, it's physically warming. So to have the blue as a contrast kind of is like indirect correlation with that whole in the day it's this, in the night it's this. Yeah, it, it's it's totally magical at night. And all I could think of was the castle at night. You know, you have those big blue spires at night lit up in Galaxy's Edge. And it kind of makes you think a little bit about the castle. I don't know. Maybe it was oh, just yeah. me. No, I totally see that. Well, so. I, I thought it was so much better. In my opinion, at night, I feel like it's, it's more... Um, impressive to me at night I feel like right. it was easier to enjoy the hanging lamps in the marketplace and the marketplace in general at night and then when you come around the corner you see the spaceship or that is spaceship you see that spaceship and then you see the mountains. you mean the falcon yeah that falcon you see you it love it and then you see the uh mountains in the background and everything and it is very impressive to look at at night i was blown away at night i really was i thought it was gorgeous at night you know i i was i'm the only one here who has not been to galaxy's edge yet i'm thinking um, that you're probably the biggest fan I am. Well, excluding Mark, you know, when, when you guys, when I'm listening to Kelly talk about lighting and, you know, you talk about the parks at night, I, I think that the thing with light, why I like the parks at night is light draws your eyes to certain places. And in the daytime, you're kind of looking everywhere and you don't know what to focus on, you know, because there are so many visual weenies that they've put out there. But at oh, night, yeah. at night, they utilize the light 
to draw your attention to certain aspects and to highlight certain things. So I think that a park is always going to look better at night when the Imagineers have got the opportunity to, you know, put the focal point on what they want to focus on. You know, daytime, it's just kind of like it's sunlight. It's just going to hit everything. But nighttime, I think, is when they really, you know, use that light to its advantage. Oh, 100%. They are basically directing every part of that experience at night where in the day that, you know, they can't control the sky. They can't control like the helicopter tours or whatever that fly over. But at night, it's just spectacular. That's why they have dark rides, because they can easily control what you're looking at, mm-hmm. Tony. Wow, Thank you, Adam. I didn't, you know what? I never <laughs> thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. I mean, wow. I, I love – one of the things I love about Disney parks anyway is all the lighting at night. That's just one of my favorite things, and they do such an amazing job. And it's interesting that the way you said it was icing on the cake, because in some ways – well – and in reality, the icing on the cake is my favorite thing, literally and figuratively, I guess. You know, I mean, I, I kind of love it. What else do you think? What else were your sort of the thoughts you were having? Some of the some of the smaller touches, um, and I, I'm 100% sure that it's not just me that's noticing this, but some of the some of the smaller touches, the sound design um, Imagineers that came through and put like the little, you know, critter sounds or like the mechanical sounds that are going through the bushes there was a sound in the bathroom (laughs) did you guys go to the bathroom i did not oh well because chris and i every five minutes thank you for being a friend i'm just letting you know (laughs) about to go in there with a caftan i'm telling you right now i had to go to the bathroom and then i'm sitting in the bathroom and i'm like oh my gosh it sounds like there's a creature squealing around in here they had effects in there you may be the only one who heard that i'm just saying oh, right no. now might be concentrating on anything it wasn't yeah. me it wasn't me i didn't oh, produce sure. the sound I'm sure it wasn't my body with you that very well having an issue in the bathroom you need to go check up on them that very well may have been lactose intolerance yeah i could have been not that's their favorite that's their favorite creature lactose intolerance of course <laughs> doesn't Somebody agree got... with everybody yeah, somebody got the uh, the short end of the stick I on did, the tip yip. I did not get the Black Spire runs. Somebody I'm got the, the smuggler's runs. Oh my God. The you, smuggler's you don't runs. understand. Like, right. we're standing in line trying to be normal people, and then Liza starts talking about different diseases, and one of them was Black Spire lung. And so she had a whole thing going on around that. I did have the Black Spire lung. The Black Spire lung, it's very, it's highly contagious. You better watch oh, out. Oh, man. That's why um, Darth Vader sounds the way he does, because he's got he the Black, Black Spire. Oh, my gosh, that's probably oh, true. Gosh. That's what it is. You thought it was because he basically, you know, was a machine, but nope. Your people are the worst. They were going to have this, like, highly intellectual show tonight. We we're going to talk about art and all but this stuff. But if you didn't go to the bathroom, I'm telling you guys, go to the bathroom. There's stuff in like there. Like I said, I was in there 52 times, and I did not <laughs> hear that. I know. We're <laughs> not off. anything. We're off the wagon with the Diet Coke. <laughs> I know. And we were, we're like, suffering. more Diet Coke is so hot. <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> Why? We were trying to give it up. We didn't get very far. Why did I punish myself? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I heard effects in the bathroom. So anybody else that heard effects, <laughs> just let me know. Okay. Please tell me it's not me. Okay. <laughs> another show in the toilet. Any other thoughts on that before we talk about how we would manage the park if we had to advise someone? I don't even want to think about that part right now. I think they did pretty well with the fans that they did bring in, uh, but I'm just, I have no idea what they're going to do in the actual middle of summer because they, you know, this is the end of summer. But don't you think, like, to me, it was hotter than it was when we were there in July. I think yeah. it was equally awful. as hot. Yeah. I just, it's, it makes me so nervous. It's brutal. Yeah. The rise of resistance, a lot of that queue is outdoors, mm-hmm. and we don't, we haven't seen it because you can't ride it. So a lot of that's outdoors, uncovered. They're going to have fans, but you know it's going to be like Slinky Dog Dash or whatever, where you're outside a lot. But they and... just covered Slinky. Yeah, they're adding canopies to Slinky. I hope they do that with Rise too, and, and even Smuggler's Run. Part of that, that's sort of you know outside. Well, apparently, umbrellas in the future or in space are all triangles. They're all triangles and these weird, like, rhomboid shapes. Yes. Like, what is going on? 
sales. Well, I know, but why did we do that in the future? I wonder. I guess I'll have to live forever to find out. <laughs> I think it's just the otherness. It's, but it's entirely accurate. I, I'm wondering how much of this were the Imagineers from uh, California not understanding what Florida heat is like. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Kelly, I think it it all was developed for California based on this the layout of it is is meant yeah. to fit behind Rivers of America and Disneyland and unfortunately it seems like they just picked it up and placed it down. You do hear though that like they have a different color palette for yeah. Florida. That's not entirely the same as it is in Disneyland. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask Kelly about. Ooh, okay. So yeah, it's definitely less color in Disneyland. Now, from what I understand, Disneyland, especially Tomorrowland section, or not Tomorrowland, Toontown, they're constantly having to repaint Toontown at Disneyland because the bright colors fade because California has a lot of days mm -hmm. of sun. Whereas it seems like Florida, yes, it's hot, but it rains so much that there isn't as many sun days. Thus, they can keep bright colors out that they mm -hmm. don't have to worry about repainting. Am I correct with that thinking, or am I just making that up? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking, because I'd seen some other uh, people trying to explain why they did the color change, and my thought as a native Floridian was they were just trying to get it to be able to, like, match all the greenery we have. Like, Florida's naturally more green, so yeah. if you have something that's really bland, it's going to get washed out super fast. That's a good point. And you know what? I noticed when I walked into Galaxy's Edge the first time, you walk in and there's all these bright green plants, which you don't see when you walk into Disneyland. It's a little mm -hmm. more subdued. You know, the, the greens aren't as bright. There's not as many, you know, just sort of different types of foliage. I wonder, right. I wonder Kelly, if that's because you have a water issue in California and you don't want to mm -hmm. have so many bright plants and trees that you have to, because those are... In theory, those are young trees that need more watering to become established, whereas Florida, they have a water problem. So they can <laughs> plant anything they want, and it's going to grow. Right. And and some of the young trees, I think, not trying to get too far off topic, that's the reason we're having the sightline issue with the Slinky Dog, is because some of the trees they've planted haven't actually covered Mature. that area yet. Yeah, yeah, when they mature. They could use cactuses and succulents and the California one for some different color, but yeah. But then is like cactus, you know, Star Wars canon. Like that's okay. where they have. That's where they have to. Well, that's yeah, what they have to think point. of too. Is is that plant something that you would find in right. the Star well, Wars those universe? Trees Does it back something? the story up? Haven't you ever been to the Wookiee planet? Yes, of course. <laughs> indoor. Oh my well, gosh, I'm sure the they got indoor. a desert planet out there somewhere, right? Yeah, tattoo. Well, there you go. I'm just going to jump in here real quick uh, and just to let, uh, because Mark would be upset if I didn't, and uh, let you guys know that the Wookiee home planet is Akashic. Endor is the home that's to the Ewoks. Right. I'm so just here for the nerd factor. Well, that's... I like it. I like it a lot. Do it. Well, here's something. Are the spires higher in Walt Disney World because they have to hide something than they are in Disneyland. Because I just felt like standing in front of the Falcon, I felt like they were a lot higher than in land. I don't actually know that. Have we're going to have to find out because yeah. it just seems so much more, seemed a little more dramatic. So, And also, I had one more question and then we can move on to, unless anybody else has a question, but maybe Tony knows this too. So the Millennium Falcon, when I went to go ride that ride, and you're walking through the queue, and I kind of brought this up earlier, but they they have all these panels that are exposed with these tubes or, like, I don't know, like pipes and stuff, and there's spray foam insulation. It's all messed up. Does anybody else have an issue with the spray foam insulation? Yes, it kept, it keeps me up at night. No, it's just, I felt like, is the ship in the movie all, like, torn up inside? It's it's always something's going wrong. There's always, uh, you know, Han's grabbing the hydro spanners to fix something. Chewie's always welding. You know, it's okay. it's a fast ship, but it's it's old, and it yeah, needs and constant love. The canon timeline of that ship is after Last Jedi because there are Porg nests inside the waiting area, and plus the timeline of the whole land in theory is after last Jedi. So after eight or right yeah. around eight. So that ship is 30 years old from when we first saw it in, you know, a new hope back 40 years ago. 
So okay. So they can... We don't even know how old it was when it first was on the scene, you know, in the first movie. So. And then, of course, you know, you, you write it and then you beat it up even more. So exactly that. So you you guys that know the movie, when you went in it, did you think that it was like greatly resembled what the movie was? I did. I just watched a couple of the movies over the weekend. They were playing them on TV. And from being in the Falcon and then watching on TV, I was like, wow, it really is just like it. Maybe not the cockpit per se. There's not too many behind the camera chair. angles. Yeah. From behind going looking out in the movies it's all facing the other facing into the falcon from outside the hallways and the and the room where the uh i don't know what it is the chest tony whatever that Mm -hmm. is that looked completely authentic for sure i didn't even realize that was in the ship and you know what i find funny about that holographic chest table is during all the previews it was nice to see a picture of a solo person you know taking taking a picture at the holographic chest table and it was like okay that's cool and now you see those pictures taken and there's like 14 people in the photo because it's a little more crowded with everyone in there and you don't have the luxury of, you know, having that space where you can get a second at that table alone. It's like people are look like they're jockeying for position now. Well, I mean, that's understandable, Tony. Well, you know that. When well, I know. It's just, it's, just, it's just funny. We took a picture of a guy by himself on the table. Yeah, yeah. And I got my picture taken too by myself there yeah, too. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but yours was during a preview, Adam. Well, Tony, they're only going to hold certain amount of same amount of people in the lobby area, regardless of whether it's a preview or it's full yeah, capacity. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It it's can only hold that people. room can only hold however many people it can hold. Well, yeah. I kind of wanted to see like a little gap in the floor, like where R two would have fallen in. You know what I mean? Like not forever, just like something they could open. As... They need like a, a grate that collapses as you stand on it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the inside, when I was in the cockpit, that's what was surprised me the most was that I didn't realize it was going to look like that. I didn't know it was going to look that narrow, and I didn't realize that window that you looked out of was like panes. So it had a kind of an obstructive view in a sense. I felt. It was a bit obstructed. I, I was surprised by that. But, you know, then again, I'm not a Star Wars fan, so I, I didn't really know what to expect. I've just seen that iconic scene where they're sitting in there, you know, and you see them from the cameras looking in. So it's hard to tell. Like Adam said, it's hard to tell. It, it all looks pretty thought out. Like they put detail in it. And especially if it's supposed to look beat up, it did look beat up. I mean, it really did. Kelly, I had a question for you. I don't know how much of this is your expertise, but... I was just thinking of it. I will try. Art can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. For me, especially in theme park settings, you're supposed to be immersed in whatever experience you're in. So what I thought was really cool, I talked about it on the show, was how there's so much other – and we kind of glanced on this a little bit before – but how there's also the background music and not just music but sounds. sounds Mm -hmm. like – I mean I'm sure you heard the ships flying through the air. Oh, yeah. sounds like they're landing. Yeah. I mean, the, one of the things that makes like Disneyland, Disney World, Disneyland Main Street great is how you can sometimes hear people talking in the Main Street, you know, windows about like going about their day, so to speak. So it kind of like adds like an extra atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I guess what I'm trying to ask is how much do you think that extra element, not just what you see, but what you might hear, smell, and even like texture, texture of walls, ground, plants, etc. How much of that sort of like has to be thought of and influenced into whenever they're designing these types of spaces? Oh my god. Like literally, if there's, I don't want to go crazy because I know there's a limited time, but the patron saint of Imagineering, Joe Rohde, has this theory on theming and for something to be considered as part of the story, it has to it has to fit every little part. So if they choose a door, what kind of door would be in this setting? Um, it's, it's probably going to be metal, right? Is it going to be fresh and sparkly clean? No, it's probably going to be old and like have dings on it and like probably blaster burns and stuff. You know, is it going to be dirty? Is, you know, they, they have to think of every tiny little part of it. So it's not just like, okay, let's head to Home Depot, grab a door. We're good. All of these things are chosen specifically to to back up the story and like not just the sounds and stuff that they have to make but the things that the landscape architects have to select um the interior designers and all the colors i know that uh we were talking about how beige it is they probably had like thousands of swatches of beige to choose those beiges 
it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much. It's kind of like whenever you're going to pick a white or a light color to paint your room and then you realize <laughs> there's like 75 different whites <laughs> and they're all slightly different. And then you just think, I, I can't even do this, <laughs> which is you why do. I didn't pick the colors. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, if I could just, mm -hmm. we were talking about the umbrellas, right? So they got these triangle umbrellas, which yeah. are obviously temporary. They're kind of there with like a plant sitting them in there. And they're there because if you're waiting on a long line, you don't want to be standing in on a hot sun. But does that maybe bother you as sort of kind of breaking up what they're doing? Because we know why they're there. Mm -hmm. it, they're not really supposed to be there, but they need to be there right now. Does that, or do you just kind of have to like look past that and just say, look, this is kind of like what we have to deal with? Yeah, I think I think them choosing the you know the triangular umbrellas. I think that was probably uh, more of a conscious decision because you know everywhere else in the park you got these um, like the typical round umbrellas. Um, so maybe that was like their way of of separating the two areas. Um, or actually, in Toy Story Land, they're square, aren't they? They're doing the best they can with trying to back the story up with that. It only bothers me in as much as um, it, it is a temporary thing. So, like, if they had put these, like, flags or sails out over that whole entire area, yes, it would block the sun, but maybe they want you to feel really hot and gross. So when you go into Ogos Cantina, it's like cool and refreshing. I'm not like, I don't, I don't want to take it away from them. If that's what they were going for, because uh, if that's what they were going for, mission accomplished. Oh my gosh, that'd be awful. <laughs> well, you know, the, the good thing is we're only dealing with the sun in Florida. If they had opened up this park on Tatooine, they'd have to block two suns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oof. <laughs> That's that's crazy. I'm glad we only have one. And I also, you know what oh. else I was glad about when I was in there? That they have those water cooler stations. <gasps> the best idea. The best thing ever. I'm, I was so happy. I know. I filled up a water bottle. I was so excited. Because it's like $3.50. I'm just saying I'm cheap. Anyway. I think it's $4. And it was cold. Kelly, one more stupid question. Does that? There's no kind stupid of... questions. <laughs> Is the Coke and the Dasani, does that kind of bother you a little bit that we're getting all this Americanized stuff in there? I know that they themed it. No, they themed they it. They did an awesome it. They did an awesome yeah, job think, on it. I think the Coke bombs, that's what I've been calling them because they definitely look like detonators. Um, but I think they did a great job like getting that bottle shape. I will say um, they get hotter than I thought they would get. Yeah. Like I was carrying it around in my hot little hand in the hot weather and uh drinking kind of warm coke that was yeah. that was weird but maybe if you chug it it's it's better um it as far as the look went i thought they did a pretty good job like separating it i mean it's still recognizable so if you want sprite you know which one sprite is i wasn't so terribly like offended by it i think i was more offended that um they couldn't get into ogas until the next day <laughs> Tried that. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw because I'm not sure if it's really fully opened yet, but there is a Coke cart uh, that they put put into Galaxy's Edge that looks amazing. And it's got a little what? droid on the front of it. I've seen pictures. Like I said, I haven't been there yet, but, uh, you know, it's 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 the co classic Coke colors, Coca-Cola and Arabesh, just like the, uh, you know, just like the bottles have it. And it's got a droid. It looks amazing. And, you know, once again, it's that it's that attention to detail that Disney does. You know, they could have put a regular cart in there, but no, they took the food cart, which they've done in other lands, mm -hmm. and they've entirely themed it to the land in which it sits, which I think is amazing. And it's not, it does, oh, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I went online to find it. It doesn't look brand new. It looks like it's supposed to be there. Gosh, that is fantastic. Right. <gasps> it, it, it looks like it's been beat up. It looks like it's been through the ringer, but it looks like it's always been there. Yeah. Yes, and also I did notice, and I can appreciate, the trash cans were really cool. Just everything. And the cast members were really great. God, they stayed in character. Every one of them made their own backstory. 
I didn't ask him. I should have done that. Oh, yeah. When you go back, yes. you obviously go back. Every single one of them has a backstory about how they got there. And they individually worked on that so that it's like theirs. Well, thank God Liza is not a cast member because she would be walking around telling everyone to live long and prosper. <laughs> I said when I got there, you guys, I should have shown up in a Star Trek outfit. Oh, my God. It would have or been just so Vulcan good. ears. That would have been awesome. Diana Troy. I know. I went to the wrong convention. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> wrong convention. Oh, that's not this one. Got it. Kelly, let me let me ask you a question, if I may. Uh, since you're really into the the design, you know, and I, and I love what they've done. I love Pandora. You know, it's it's great. The new Fantasyland expansion that they did. You know, a phenomenal little land, Toy Story Land. It's small, but it really gets into the theme. With these immersive lands. I, you know, my problem with them is we're building these immersive lands and they, they're nice to look at, but I don't want just two rides. You know, Pandora looks great. We've got two rides. Toy Story Land looks great. We've got two rides. Galaxy's Edge looks phenomenal. We'll, we will eventually have two rides. Right. Would you sacrifice some of the theming? You know, would you tone it down a notch to put in a third ride? You know, is, is there – I'm sure there's a cost consideration because it's got to cost money to do that theming, to do all of that, that faux rock work and, and, and whatnot, you know, is, is, do you think there's a trade-off there? And I don't know how much you get into the financial aspect of it, but I'm sure there's got to be a trade-off to do that immersive land creation, you know, which is money that you're taking away from the ride component. So yeah. do you think they could have skimped a little to put in a third ride? You know, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I think we would all be heartbroken uh, if they actually showed us what they really wanted to be there, knowing what, what the budgetary concerns gave us. So I'm, I'm kind of in the park of maybe I don't want to know right away because I just want to enjoy it. But I, I do agree, like the open two rides, open two rides is kind of wearing on the general shine of the new area. I'm wondering if there's plenty of room obviously in Orlando for them to throw extra stuff back there. But I'm wondering how much of that is them holding off until the hotel opens. Right. Right. Do you think too, that if they build more rides, that just takes money away from parts that are money generating like restaurants, like things like Oga's Cantina, like build a lightsaber. So it's kind of a trade-off, you know, they have to make money in those lands if they fill them with nothing but rides those rides don't generate money. They right. eat people and they keep people busy, mm -hmm. but they keep people busy who aren't building a droid or a lightsaber. I don't want to stumble here because I, I think that the HRC, that, or the, excuse me, the hourly ride capacity that they have going right now is pretty fantastic given the fact that the Millennium Falcon is not going to be the main ride for that area. That's um, a really good point. I, we We watched it all weekend long and I don't think that after the initial rush, there was more than a 75, maybe a two-hour wait time, right. which is pretty impressive. Now, granted, you're kind of looking at a hurricane coming in, but, you know, it was surprisingly, like, we went in Saturday night, right before we left. We left early the next morning, and it was very easy to walk around, very easy to see things. And um, and you were there Sunday morning. What did you think Sunday morning? We just kind of walked in. There was no boarding group. There, yeah. It was just like, ta-da. Um, we were kind of chatting with the people around us all like it was no big deal. And right. the day before, it was like, go, 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 man down situation. So it was... And I don't think all of that was just because of the hurricane. No. I think that, you know, I mean, I think people were staying away and stuff, but I mean, you know... Well, you know why there were no crowds? Because uh, California, since May 31st, crowd levels have dropped by 3%. In California. Okay. Right. So, uh, you know, once you open Star Wars, apparently your crowds just diminish. Yeah, it's like That's magic. Do you, Gosh, well, I mean, we should people, have done that years ago. People are obviously afraid. You know, they don't want to deal with, um, you know, the huge crowds and everything. But I think that also, you know, when – it's kind of, it's not a great weekend anyway. Labor Day weekend has historically not been a good weekend. So, and you know, as far as And wine opening. Yeah. But you know what? Did you? And it was kind you, of slow over at food and wine. 
Uh, yeah, that's true. It really was. I mean, we didn't encounter a lot of crowds. I, it was a great weekend. Do you so also nice. think that the monster storm might have changed people's plans too? I don't I think know, some of the some of the diehard Star Wars fans. I don't think anything could have. T- drag them away from that opening well and i i think you're right and i also think that uh people were taking a wait and see kind of because mm-hmm. i i'm actually i'm like on this facebook page with like almost 500 disney travel agency owners and the consensus was generally that people weren't pulling out they were staying through the weekend and even people who were coming in on like sunday and monday were still going so oh, wow. i think that you know I, I don't think it was had it was necessarily a huge you know, deterrent at that point, you know, obviously right now with, you know, everything closing down, this is Monday night, parks are closing tomorrow at three. So mm-hmm. that's a little, you know, a little scary. I don't think um, I answered Tony's question, but okay. I will say, I will say it really quick. The, the like selfish part of me, I want so many more rides because we spend so much money in those parks already um, just on our passes and the hotel rooms and everything alone. However, I don't know that I would sacrifice anything that's currently there for another ride. Okay. It really depends on the ride. If they were going to do something nuts, I'd be like, yes, take all of the trees out right now. Right. (sighs) You know, I just, I find it funny for, you know, a a couple minutes ago, you had said that, uh, you know, smugglers run is, is not supposed to be the big ride, but if you go back to last year, um, Disney and NVIDIA, which is a, a graphic card creator mm-hmm. uh, for the computer industry, all they could talk about was they're using these eight NVIDIA GPUs, and this is the most technologically advanced ride created to date, and the processing power in here is phenomenal, and they're <laughs> using five displays with uh, you know high-definition uh, monitors. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, but that's not the big ride. Yeah, You, you know, the amount of technology that's in uh, Smuggler's Run is probably like, uh, you know, 500 times what was in the lunar lander for the Apollo missions. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, now people are poo-pooing it saying, yeah, Smuggler's Run is nice, but but it's not the big ride. I think because what we're supposed to be getting with Rise of the Resistance is going to be just mind-numbingly amazing. Not that Smuggler's Run isn't. Like, I, that was one of the most interactive experiences I've had and for the industry that's moving towards these experiential themed entertainment situations I I really think that they're that Disney is kind of leading the way on that but really speaking of gosh speaking speaking of experiential uh rides and, and attractions as someone who is into design uh, you know, I'm sure you have your My Disney Experience app on your phone, and you probably have Disney Play. I do. How much, as as someone who is into design, do you get annoyed by the amount of time that people spend looking down at their phones, whether they're on My Disney Experience or you're in the queue and you're on Disney Play and you Instagram. know that they're playing these games, or right, you're you're taking photos in the restroom or tweeting from the restroom like Adam. Yes. And uh, <laughs> you know, and and. <laughs> That the time you're you're taking to look down into your device is time you are not taking to appreciate what the Imagineers have done, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that that is lost on a lot of people today. You know, I still, as a 51-year-old man, old man walk into Tony. the parks. That's right, old Wait man Wait a Tony. minute. I thought you were older than that. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I act <laughs> older than that. Um, and the diapers I wear uh, show hey, that. I, those fit really well, by the way. You've Thank done you. great with They're those. snug. They're snug. Um, <laughs> They're snug. When when I walk in, I'm still like a little kid. You know, I the phone is in my pocket, and I you know the first ten minutes I'm there, I'm still looking at windows on Main Street, and you know I want to put my focus and attention on that. But then I look over to my side, you know, I see, you know, some millennial with a top knot. You know, just walking around, uh, you know, with his <laughs> looking at his face. Well, that's phone. that's because your phone doesn't have a camera, Tony. Yeah, well, my flip. It's oh, a flip please. phone. Please, his phone has <laughs> a camera. <laughs> Haven't you seen the pictures? It has a special button on it. If I've fallen, it will alert someone in case my family's not home. That's good, actually. You need that feature. Mm. Right. It's awesome. Is that the cricket? It's the jitterbug. Yes, it's bigger jitterbug. $6.99 a month. Come on. But, oh, but how, jitterbug. I'm sorry. But how do you as a, as a <laughs> As someone who is in that design, imagineering type 
world, how does that make you feel? Do you do you, do you understand the need for it? But then it like I said, it takes away from what you're doing. As a Gen Xer, I can say that it's it's kind of weird to look over and be like just in awe of everything that's put in front of us by these amazing you know, Imagineers and designers and everybody, the cast members that are there. And there's like a 20 year old playing a game on their phone. But then the game that they're playing was created by those same group of Imagineers to kind of draw this new, you know, the millennials and the they're calling themselves Zoomers now, the Gen Z, by the way. Oh, wait Um, a minute. Is that like how old are those kids? That's the one after millennials. Um, I don't even know when that is. Yeah, and I don't know. I just found out about Visco Girls the other day. So yeah, what are those? Yeah, oh, that's God. a whole di- that's a whole different show. Visco yeah, Girls. Visco. It's V-S-C-A. like some kind of camera setting. Yeah. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. <laughs> hey, that's Girls. okay. We do but, that you a know, lot. But I think it's right. You know, Adam mentioned Instagram and, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that if I ever were to take my kids to like Mount Rushmore, you know, they would only see it through the lens of Instagram because they're looking for that special Instagram tag that has been created for that location or that filter. I'm sorry, the filter, yeah. uh, you know, that someone created for that spot. And they're, they're, they're looking at everything through the lens of their their phones, their phone's camera. Yeah, and it's it's definitely, at least for me, it's definitely um, a challenge because, you know, you're not just designing the the place anymore. You're having to design something that's going to be Instagrammable. You have to design what's next. So after the the walls stop being a thing, like the photo walls, what comes after that? And that's what these Imagineers are having to create. They're having to make that. I think that's interesting, too. And I actually heard someone say, it was some Disney broadcast or something that said, and it was from Disney. I actually was on the Disney Parks blog. They said, and these will be Instagrammable. And I thought, wow, it's kind of weird that they have to think of that, you know. It was for the Target announcement. Yes. The store. Yeah, that's where it was. Thank you. Instagrammable. And I'm like, Oh, it didn't go over well. Why is that? Because people don't want other people to be taking their Instagram shots, maybe. It's weird, though, because part of me wants people just to be able to live in the moment. And then I have to, like, take that hat off and be like, okay, well, people who live in the moment are created. So we have to figure out how to get this next group of people to, to live in the moment. And maybe that's through this lens, through their phone. It's strange because I have relatives and I was a teacher for 12 years and a crew coach. And, you know, I've seen all these different changes coming down the line. And, you know, some some I shake my head at and some I have to get on board with and just like "Mm, resistance is futile. Oh, no, sorry. That's (laughs) Star Trek again. Okay, well, that's really interesting. It does make me kind of sad that I have to spend so much time looking at my phone just mm. to figure out what I'm doing in the parks. I don't What's really next? like that. Here's my phone. Let me stare at it as I kill back. I know. Battery. Where are we going? While we're at it, we thought we would talk a little bit about strategies for people going into the parks at this point and keeping in mind that everything is changing. So you really can't make, you know, really accurate predictions. We don't know if like two weeks from now the crowds are going to be horrible. Um, or if they're going to stay away like they did in Disneyland because people are intimidated and they've only heard, like Tony said, the reports out of land that say, you know, stay away. It's going to be awful. So everyone stays away. Keeping in mind that from what we're hearing just for the last few days, the people are going right to Toy Story Land. And st- well, not all of them, but smart people are going to Toy Story Land and knocking all of that out, missing the really bad crowds that happen when the park opens at six. And then going back later and just waiting it out, waiting in that smuggler's run line. How would you advise someone, I guess, going into the park? What would you advise them to do? I'm going to start with you, Kelly. I'm not going to lie. When I saw the uh, the 300-minute line, I jumped on my Disney experience and looked immediately at Animal Kingdom to see what Pandora was at. 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes right off the bat. And they had extra magic hours that day. By the time I looked at that, they were actually open and good for business. You know, if I had a client that was going for, the, you know, this big to-do and they wanted to see Star Wars land, they wanted to, you know, be in that, in the moment, I might tell them, like, since you have a park hopper, let's maybe go to a different park. Food and wine is right now. Enjoy the morning at Animal Kingdom or Magic Kingdom and then scoot over afternoon. 
both Animal and Magic Kingdom have extra magic for mornings till mm-hmm. November or something, at least through October. So, dude, those will be open early for the next two months. So you don't think that you would tell people, go ahead and go get all your stuff done in Toy Story Land? You don't even need a fast pass at this point and then head over then? Because, see, that's kind of what I would do. You know, right now people are paying lots of money to do the sort of early magic hour kind of thing where they go in and they, you know, they have some breakfast and they ride everything. I can't even tell you. It made me so happy to be able to go into Toy Story Land. I've never done all three at once because I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars for each person in my family to do this special extra, you know, hours kind of thing. But we got everything done and it was like, it felt like this victory, you know, it felt like we were almost getting something over on Disney minus the breakfast. Thank goodness because uh, the fast pass system they have now for Hollywood studios is horrendous. Every, every ride with the exception of star tours is now tier one. So you can only pick one of those. Yeah, that's yeah. that's terrible. I think you're I think I would say what Chris says as well. I would get there right when it opened and if you wanted to if Star Wars, if that one ride's not high, high, high on your priority list, what I would do is I would go knock all the rides out in Toy Story Land. You can even go over to Tower afterwards and Rock and Roller Coaster, do all of that if you wanted. You wouldn't even need a fast pass really at all yeah. because everybody's gonna be in that other line. Then then you can have your fast passes scheduled for even another park. I, I don't even think you would need to use a fast pass if you got there right when it opened. It's opening at 6 a.m. I mean, how, yeah. how much longer is it doing that? Do we know? I think just for a couple of months. I would okay, definitely want... Well, for now, it's just a couple of months. Yeah. I, I, you know, they might expand it. For me, I think I would almost want to, you know, do exactly what you said. I would probably want to be in the parking lot at like 530 at the latest. And I would be lining up to go in and I would go right when everyone else is going left at the Chinese theater. Mm-hmm. And I would knock yep. those out. And it, it does, you know, when you consider how much people are paying to have the experience of an empty Toy Story land, it was phenomenal. It was so good. I told Chris the whole time I was like, "This is even. This is totally worth it." Yes. I don't even mind that we didn't even get to go over there because the Toy Story Land before the sun came up and to see the sunrise in Toy Story Land with nobody. Well, I mean, there was some people there, but it was so. There were people, but it was like a fifteen-minute wait for that. It was maybe not even ten. For... It was a walk-on for Alien yeah. Swirling Saucers. There was no. It way. was. You know, we got to do Slinky Dog. We got to do uh, Midway Mania with no weights at all and it was it was worth it and then even if I would have wanted to I could have ran over to Rocket I could have done Tower and then we could have left because by that time they had a virtual queue going and then so you're leaving and if you want to come back at night when the sun goes down I think it's even better I think it's better than I would almost say Check out Toy Story Land. Do your other rides that you want to do if you're like a thrill ride person. And go ahead and just look around the land to check it out. Because you want to see it during the day because it is impressive. And then maybe go over to Food and Wine and have a ball at Food and Wine. Take a rest for a couple hours in the afternoon and then come back at night um, and ride then. And I think the wait times, the the night we were there, we rode it twice. The wait times were about... What was it, about 75 minutes on Saturday night? When we got there Friday morning, and this was after breakfast at Uga's Cantina, it was like 75 ni- seventy-five to 80 minutes or 90 minutes, somewhere in there. I was like, oh my gosh. That's not anything under two hours for a brand new yeah. ride without a fast pass to me. I'm good with that. And while Adam's correct, that there's a lot of that line that is kind of outside. Because it to me, it looked like they structured it differently than they did in land. Because land, they had us kind of going backstage and kind of around. Whereas in world, they were outside, which is not great because it's very hot. Even then, you're not outside too long in that ride before you're in a more shaded area. I would just like to jump in and let everyone know that the Hollywood Studios Extra Magic Hours uh, continue through November 2nd. I hope they extend them through Thanksgiving. Gosh, they've got to do it through Thanksgiving. I will say this. I got an annual pass holder rate for Thanksgiving. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Mm. I have an annual. When does that happen? I've never seen it for that week. Never. 
and there were, there was everything, everything I wanted that I could have, I could have gotten anything, even beach club, which I'm not staying at cause I'm not going to spend that, um, personally, cause I have to have two rooms cause I got five people, even though it sleeps five, it's just a long story. But anyway, I was able to get like art of animation. It was very reasonable. So I'm hoping that means not a lot of people are going. Yeah, nobody's going to be there, Chris. It's going to be great. It's going to be empty, right? Just you. 100% empty. It's just you walking straight onto the ride. Stop it. No, you know what I mean? I mean, like, I I, I said this a couple shows ago. If I can get a standard room at Port Orleans Riverside, it's not crowded. That's all there is to it. Because that resort sells out all the time. That and Pop Century. So I don't think I could get standard at Pop, though. All right. Any final thoughts on how you would approach this? You've changed my mind. What do you mean? Are you coming for Thanksgiving? No. No, now she's no. going to go to Toy Story Land. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go to Toy Story Land. Okay, that if was I'm perfect. wrong, I, you know what? I could be wrong. I mean, I, you know. Smuggler's Run has a single rider line, which Disney World does not have many of those. So if you're willing they, to separate yeah. from your party, I know it was an AP preview, but I waited five minutes. And I'm sure you're not waiting two hours for a single rider for Smuggler's Run. You do miss a lot of the queue, and you miss the Hondo experience. Matt did single rider twice, I think, and he jumped in uh, like 10 minutes, and I was people watching. So I I opted out on that. I will say when we went back and the line was only 75 minutes long, they had the single rider shut down. So if if it's huh. not over a certain amount of time, apparently they're not keeping it open all the time. Oh, yeah. They did that. I saw that as well. I, I wondered what the deal was with that. Like, why are they shutting it down? Oh, speaking of shutting down, I, Kelly, I wanted to know, did you try any of the green or blue milk? And if so, did you like any of it? We tried both. I did not try the alcoholic versions because it was just so hot. There was Yeah, no, you can't do that. Um, do they have that choices. at the outdoor area? Yeah. Okay, I didn't see that. It was a crazy long line that was like wrapped halfway around the building. Actually, it was wrapped all the way around the building. We tried both. The blue was more flavorful. I think if the green was supposed to taste like citrus, they kind of missed the mark on that. I I was really excited when I heard that the green was supposed to be citrus. I was like, yes. And then I got it. I'm like, oh, it's like a LaCroix green milk. Oh, Hmm. it's not bubbly it's just it, it seems as though it was like next to the green milk and that's where the flavor came from I'm it's not... just bad citrus yeah yeah that's so... just doesn't even sound like it i can't i've never heard of bad citrus this was my take on it and i'm sorry because i'm going to repeat something we said in the original episode from disneyland but i felt that green was i think you're right it's I was excited about citrus. I would kind of prefer that. Not really that good. But I thought blue was good. Like blue tasted like a creamier, one of those blue popsicles you have as a kid. It would taste like a creamier version of that. But not as artificial tasting. Mm -hmm. Frozen, it's great. When it's not frozen, it's just kind of not great. It's very slimy and nobody wants that in a drink. No, it's viscous. It just it is. has that. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. I know that's not the best sounding. Word. No, I I like it. I think it's pretty darn accurate. So yeah, that, that, that that's not good. First of all, it's green or blue, and then you got yeah. the, that going on. I think yeah. I'll pass. I think I'll pass. I definitely told my little sister it was like her amoxicillin that she had to take when she was. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Oh that's my exactly gosh. how it is. Are yeah. you serious? Because I yep. I didn't get one. The line to get into Oga, I mean, I wasn't getting into Oga's, and, you know, I, I was okay with it. I, I made peace with that. That's fine. Well, we had a reservation, but we actually gave it to Kelly because we ended up doing something else that morning. And I was She okay blessed us. I was yes. so happy. Yeah. And we got in, and they kind of messed up a little bit, but then it worked out. It was yeah. fantastic. I appreciated it so much. Oh, no worries. I mean, I had gone in Disneyland, so I thought, well, I'll give it to someone else, you know. But, and I I, I think it's a very fun experience. What did you think of the music? I kind of was hoping it would be a Star Wars canteen, like, do, 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 like that yeah. stuff. And it was like dance music. I, I didn't know whether was. to be impressed. Dance music, or like, like what? It, it just, it, it's okay, like techno, you know the kind yeah. of music? 
Okay, Liza, you know the kind of music you hate with a fiery passion? I hate techno. That's it. I don't like techno. I really have an aversion to it. Like, everybody when I was in school was going out to clubs. And, you know, I did hang out in the bingo hall. I'm not going to lie. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I've always been an old lady, but I'm not Is liking. that how you met Tony? I should have been Tony yeah, the they, they They actually, they brawled in the bingo hall. It wasn't good. Um, it was over the daubers. I'm just going to try to bring everything back on track here. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we were talking about design earlier, and because I'm a nerd, I actually purchased the Imagineering field guides oh. uh, that they put out for each one of the parks. And I found it pretty interesting. You know, uh, Kelly was talking about everything that goes into uh, a land, and it's not just the lighting and the rides. And real briefly, there's just, uh, there's like a bunch of groups in there. And, you know, to me, it's interesting. I don't know how many people will tune out right now, but I'm going to go through that list. Any land that goes in, it's show and concept design and illustration. Obviously, they do the storyboards. Show writing, architecture, interior design, engineering, Lighting design, which we talked about, graphic design, prop design, sound design, media design, landscape architecture, show set design, character paint, character plaster, dimensional design, fabrication design, special effects, production design, master planning, R&D, project management, and construction management. So those are just a handful of the groups that get together every time there's a land built or a ride or an attraction or an experience. So, you know, kudos to Disney for, you know, having that type of those type of resources to, to give us uh, a land like Galaxy's Edge and, and let our inner nerds uh, experience it. So it's you know, it's a big it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, there's I'm sure there's thousands uh, of people who were involved in, in creating this land. And, you know, we oh, all yeah. tip our mouse ears to them. I was following along because I have those field guides as well. My major at SCAD is themed entertainment design, which is is nuts. I never thought that this was a major I could have. And a lot of Imagineers come from our program. So much so that Cal Arts has actually started a themed entertainment design program over there. And UCF is starting one this upcoming fall, I guess right now. The program is fantastic, but to be able to cover all of those, you know, you, you have to be wide reaching. You know, having an engineer that can sit beside a graphic designer or a sound designer and something and just talk about the land they're creating, that's, that's a special place. For all of that to come together and what we experienced this weekend and Tony, what you'll experience very soon, because obviously you've got to go very, 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 very soon. I feel like I'm part of it, even though I'm not part of it yet. Right. Got to live your own Star Wars experience. That's the whole point. Yeah. And just just so you know, I am boycotting until Rise of the Resistance is open. I I kind of like that. I refuse to go until the land is fully open. That's good. There's more room for me then. I really right. think I really think it's going to be so much better when that ride's open because right now it's just a bunch of shops that you have to wait in line for in one ride. I mean, and, and, and that that's not enough to keep somebody like that's not a super Star Wars fan wanting to stay there. I mean, if you and you know, God God forbid, I get on that Millennium Falcon and I've either got a hippie or a six year old piloting the thing. <laughs> You could. You know how I feel about those hippies. Oh, Liza and I got to pilot it. We did good. We, we did. actually did better the time we went than the people who were experienced did. Yeah. So yep. just so you know. We did we good. Really, we did okay. I was the left right pilot and Chris was the up and down pilot. And that's basically what you do. You move a stick side to side or up and down. I mean, but I, you get the booster and I get the what is it called? You get the light speed. Light, board, light speed, yeah, light, which I kept yeah. pulling over and over again and it didn't work every time. So <laughs> that was disappointing. Yeah, that, that seat right there to me, the person, I, I know nothing about this thing, the Star Wars thing, but I did not like sitting in the front like that. And I didn't like the pressure that it put on me to not crash the ship. I, or is that what you call it a ship? Yes, that's what they call it. Do you, do you have the option 
are you assigned the pilot seat? You're assigned. And then, you're assigned, but you, you say, can swap. No, 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 I don't want to do that. You can swap, yeah. but Chris was like, hey, you should be the pilot. And everybody was like, I still think it was the best spot. So I thought, okay, this will be great. But the view that you have from the cockpit and the pilot seat isn't as good as what I experienced in the second seat as the gunner. The gunner, to me, I felt like I saw more of the screen. I wasn't so hyper-focused on trying to not crash into something. So I couldn't really, I didn't feel like I could relax and enjoy the experience as a pilot. I was a gunner and I felt like, hey, I'm just here for the fun and like shooting people. So it was great. I'm 90% certain that I will be assigned the role of stewardess. <laughs> yeah. Thank Dreams you come true. Stop yeah, there's no cup holders, though. So you gotta, everyone's got to hold their drinks. Right. Having to bring that blue milk all the way over, I'm not sure. After I've thought about the blue milk being like amoxicillin, I don't think so. It's only after it heats up. If it's still frozen, it doesn't taste like that. Right. It's just after. Well, and the thing is, in, in Oga's, they don't offer it frozen, which is kind of weird because I ordered that with the cookie thinking, you know, it was the middle of the day. I'm not, I don't do well on alcohol at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. At one in the afternoon, I'm probably not drinking anything. So I got the cookie and the milk and the cookie was like this shortbread cookie with like a, a big wad of coconut covered with chocolate. It was not good at all. From what I've seen, the food there does not look appetizing at all to me. Uh, Mandy got the Bronto wrap. Bronto. Yeah. Brontosaurus uh, burger. It was like this giant hot dog. It's thing. a sausage wrapped in meat <sighs> with like coleslaw or something. With some it cabbage was gross. And a pita. So it's sausage wrapped in meat with a coleslaw and a pita, and it's greasy, greasy. I took a bite of hers, and I just had instant regret. There was a lot of instant food regrets. <laughs> I got the breakfast wrap from there. Was, was it, it good? good? No. Okay, so it would have been fine, except for, again, it was like 3 million degrees Kelvin. So when I sat down to eat it, it had like this mayonnaise sauce on it, on the sausage, in the eggs with the cheese, in the pita. Oh, God. And I'm like, that's so flippin' heavy. Oh, no mayonnaise, thank you. Mayonnaise and heat, Central Florida, no mayon. The worst. They have, what is it? They also have oatmeal in the morning. Yeah, the overnight oats, which was okay at Oga's but out there in the heat it was not so great like it was it was just like three shades of weird and I couldn't I don't know I just wasn't hanging that morning Ronto Roasters was not my friend I bet they revise this menu over time I bet they get customer feedback and I bet that they figure something out because I don't think they can keep it like this with reviews that they're getting because I've only consistently seen people say that they didn't really care for the food there just as a former cast member who worked in research if one of those research cast members comes up to ask you questions give them answers they need this feedback they've got to have it yeah but i don't think they're gonna ask me how do you avoid them i feel like every time i walk in the park one of them is like in front of me with an ipad I relish them and every time I like walk right towards them and they either turn away from me or I get the simple, can you give me your zip code? And I'm like ready for 30 questions at 0643. Thank you. That's it. I want to answer 30 questions and I get the zip code one. Yeah. The ones at the, at the front, that front strat or like when you're first coming in is usually just like scan a magic band, get a zip code. It's the ones walking around the park that are the like real questions. Oh, I should, I probably shouldn't be telling everybody this top secret did you send did you sign like a non-disclosure after you no. left no oh. i did not go ahead spill the and beans. it's been like 10 years ago oh you're fine 10 years ago you're good that non-disclosure would have run out usually when you're exiting the park that's when they want you to do like the you sit down at a kiosk and you answer like all of the fmb like food and beverage questions have you guys done that where you had to sit down at the computer I've done the one where they ask a ton of questions and I feel really bad not answering them because my husband's a statistician mm-hmm. and one of his pr- job before this, they did a lot of surveys through their, co- through the company they worked for, um, where they had to ask people really intrusive questions. So I always answer them, oh, you know, just cause I feel bad. They can't change anything like for just for anybody listening, Disney can't change anything. If you're not willing to take the survey and tell them what's wrong or I'm what's willing. right. I'm willing to take the survey and Tony's for sure willing He's already oh, said yeah. that. He's ready. I now. always tell them I want more Muppets and I, more Muppets. Happens, so more Muppets. That one guy who wants more Muppets. I want more Muppets too. 
And I want the Adventurers Club back. Oh. I didn't get to see that. I was old enough, but just barely, and then it was gone. And it hurts my heart to know that. Okay. Did you guys see the Muppets when you were there? No. Oh. No, we walked by, and we, like, gave it a dirty look and kept No, I, I brought it up multiple Plus, times. Did you go? No, you just gotta but go I brought yourself. it up multiple times. I wrote oh. Star Tours because I wanted to do Star Tours before I went to the Falcon. Okay. Did just, you really? Was that the whole oh, point of that's that? That's so sweet. Yeah, oh. I did. I wanted to do Star Tours before I went to the Falcon so I could compare and contrast. Oh, I like that. And I, I really liked Star Tours a little bit better. When was the last time you were on it? I mean, it, like, I don't know, a few, like a few weeks before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we, we can't even get, we digress on everything. It's so, okay. Kelly, just so you know. Were the we sporks there? Or sporks? I didn't see any sporks. Oh, we didn't go in there to eat. No. Because when we went there during the day, it was so hot. We were like, never mind. And, you know, we went over to Food and Wine, where it was also hot. But there was lots of cheese, apparently, going on there. Um, and that's another show. Mm-hmm. But... Then we went back at night and we had eaten at 50s prime time, which was a whole other story. I want to thank Kelly for joining us. Thank you so much for giving us a completely different perspective than we would possibly have. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for staying up late and recording. If you're planning a vacation, please check us out at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com or call me at 919-889-5281 and I will make sure one of these lovely agents is here to help. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Adam, you've been doing a lot of interesting stuff on Twitter. I believe Jesus spoke to Adam the other day and retweeted one of his tweets, which is pretty impressive. Oh my gosh, that's right. Adam is basically getting us into the big leagues. Big mm-hmm. leagues, Frank Oz. Big, big leagues, yeah. Frank, it was Frank Oz, yes, not, not Jesus, because he was really busy. He's not actually on Twitter. Anyway, I, uh, I think that's it. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.